1: And a reminder, the first 30 minutes of this podcast are available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, and many of the major platforms. The full podcast is available at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB SRB Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Curran View with the man himself, the idol of Gillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. Your host is the Gabby Cabby, Paul Collins. Steady away. What kind of week you had, guys? That's a steady away, as usual. kind of was a bit, uh, last night, so I, I went up there. Yeah. Um, weather's been absolutely garbage. I've not seen frost
2: like this for a long, long time. How bad has it been up there? I mean, it's not been too bad in Birmingham. We had a little bit of snow. It's been
1: really, really bad. It's not lifted at all um, for a good three days, really. So Mm. there's not much you can do when it's like, having said that, we
2: we went to uh, Pontefract this morning trying to get a bit of fresh air, like, you know, so. How far is that from where you live to? Ponty, six, seven mile, eight mile. Oh, okay. Do you still live in Kinsley? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's where I was born, and
2: that's what I am. The King of Kingsley, what have you sourced for us in terms of magic moments, too? This week, there's been an awful lot. It's been another <laughs> oh, great week, hasn't it? We <laughs> <laughs> said week.
1: I mean, that uh, Elliot scored an absolutely
2: yeah, good goal, unbelievable
1: goal for, for for Liverpool last night. Should the goalkeeper got closer to it? The problem with with it in Monday football, the mm. ball swerves. Yeah it, does, yeah, it does.
2: Yeah, does. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm not a goalkeeper. Mm. You know, you're watching it from television. You know, on, on a football field, or you're watching your own team on a regular basis, you'll know whether your goalkeeper's good enough, whether he's making your mistake, whether he's making mistakes which cost you games. That's what makes elite managers. Yeah. You know, the ball does swerve compared to to to, to my day, and even before my day, mm. when they had the lace balls. You know what I mean? Leather balls with laces in.
2: Absolutely.
1: So, but again, I'm going for I'm going for uh, my team, of oaks against uh, Wickham. Brilliant goal! Unbelievable goal! But like you said, there's that many there's that many great goals this week. It's been un- unbelievable, has not it?
2: Absolutely, and um, the fella last night at Liverpool, but uh, beating. And knocking out Wolverhampton Wanderers out the FA Cup, I thought Wolves were terrible last night, but it will always be remembered. Harvey Elliott's goal as the sex noise game, won't it <laughs> on the BBC? Lineker didn't know where to put himself, and Danny Murphy and Pauline <laughs> we'll just didn't know where the noises were coming from. Who we'll put uh, we we'll put that in. Uh, Apparently, did some claim. Yeah, some claim some YouTuber. <clears throat> I mean, they did talk about it on Talksport. Well, how could
1: they, how could they, how could they get it into? into
2: I've, it i've no idea i was thinking about that myself today it could have it must have been you know these pranksters the way that the con men aren't they and they probably were telling the people at the molyneux that they were working for the bbc etc went in there and just planted this phone and whenever it went to the live feed this these sex noises kept going off but it give everybody a laugh but it it is the new new, it's the modern age, these YouTubers, these clowns They want to do these things for attention because they're not good enough to do things in their own right. So they have to look. It's like these these boxers, YouTube boxers. Why anybody would want to watch a YouTube boxer when you can watch a real boxer fight? I don't know. But again, it's the way that the kids view things these days. Absolutely pathetic. How I viewed things on uh, the weekend, I thought that strike from the votes from Sheffield Wednesday was unreal. What a strike. What a oh, goal. Great goals this year. Oh, yeah. they had Sheffield Wednesday could have their own goal. I mean, that video that they bring out at the end of the season is going to be spectacular. I mean, I remember Birmingham a few years ago, we had our uh, 20 greatest throw-in videos. But when there's going to be so many great goals from the promotion uh, clinching and winning season, and as you've alluded to, T, going up as champions, top draw. Yeah,
1: for me, the for, for me they'll definitely go up as champions. Now I think uh, got a couple of good games to get to, uh, you know, a good six points out of it, and then the take uh, take on Exeter and Plymouth. So you know they are really big six pointers. So that's going to be a big, big. Not only for Wednesday, but for Plymouth and for
2: Ipswich. I think League One has got some real competitive sides. The weekend we're going to be talking about in the uh, football forecast, Derby playing Bolton. I mean, there's going to be almost 30,000 watching that game. There's 30,000 watching Sheffield Wednesday. You know, there's some really big clubs in League One and they really really are all punching Like you said, it's a a competitive league, that Barsley, Bolton,
1: Ipswich... With are a decent size, you know, and getting done. I know they don't, but if they have a bit of success, they get about 12.50. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tough league, that. A very, it, very
2: tough league. It certainly is. You know, people go on about the Championship being the hardest league to get out of, but there's some tremendous teams in League One and we're going to be doing the League One watch uh, going forward on the podcast and, uh, you know, seeing if Wednesday can get over the line and uh, hoping that they will uh barley mumba i don't know if you're familiar with that name but he scored a great goal the equalizing goal for plymouth at portman road the weekend when there was pretty much a full house and i was looking through the socials of plymouth argyle at argyle on twitter and they were showing some uh great bits of skill by the said player, Balik Mumba, who I'd not heard of before I was watching this. And it was a tremendous back pass by one of the players. Now, I don't mean a back pass. I mean a pass from his back. I thought it was superb. It was almost like one of my magic moments, Martinelli's Back control when we were talking on Sunday, and I said to you, "Are you watching this? What a bit of control!" And these are the things that I look at football and look at those magic moments and um, get excited about. Yeah,
1: well, I I haven't seen it, uh, but when you see anything like that, yeah, lot of Dino used
2: to do it hell of a lot, didn't he? Absolutely, yeah, he did, yeah. You
1: know, so um, it, it it's brilliant that. Uh, Players see it, see the see the position, and see where uh, where they can get away with it. Where they can get away with it mean, mean what they mean, do, what they mean to do with it. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely, it's an entertainment. Great skills. I'm watching. I don't know. Are you watching Palace? Are you in front of your TV screen at the moment? Palace no, taking no. on Man United. No, no.
1: I'm gonna go into bedroom in a bit to
2: watch it. Yeah, I do like Palace. I think Vieira's doing a great job. I, okay. I do listen to the uh the narrative on, on radio stations and saying, Well, what's he done different to what um Roy Hodgson done at Crystal Palace? I tell you a bit what more he's more braver. Yeah, absolutely. What he's doing is he's making me watch Crystal Palace <laughs> and enjoying watching Crystal Palace because I think they're a great watch. I think they've got some great players. Yeah, it, it, we we spoke about this like you said, and and
1: I know you're uh, really fascinated by Palace. So, so am I. Yeah. Zaha, if he got more goals to, if he had had more goals to his game, still a great player. Yeah. But to make no mistake, it'd be you know, it'd be one that everybody would chase him. Absolutely.
2: You know? Elise is the same. Eze um, oh. is another one. Great players, three tremendous players, comfortable on the ball, as Alan Hudson always says. They're like a five-a-side team. You know, they like to pass the ball about and they're easy on the eye. And, and I think it's a great a great place as well, Sellers Park. Have you got many memories of playing there at Crystal Palace? Was it as rowdy as that back in your day with the, the Glad all over?
1: It was It's always a fantastic um, uh, football ground to play at. Yes, I used to play that to Glad all over down there when when I played there. You know, lots of ground, I enjoy playing in lots of ground because there is lots of the great stadiums, you know, uh, the atmosphere is absolutely sublime. So that's one of the, anybody will tell you, and it's close to the pitch. Yeah. It's Crystal Palace. That's another good thing about that.
2: That's the nice thing about these old grounds, unlike the modern ground where they build them. I mean, London Stadium, West Ham, that have moved into that. um, A Commonwealth Stadium. Manchester City did move into the Commonwealth Stadium as well. Both really wasn't football stadiums, but Man City made it a football stadium. West Ham United haven't been able to do that. And the fans have always moaned about the London Stadium. However, last season they weren't really moaning. But now they're in the bottom three. They're moaning again. But these stadiums, I just think that... You know, these smaller grounds, these tighter, more compact, like the bowling ground upton park, I, I just think that they were special grounds. And I think that little bit of magic with the new ground as is, uh, isn't there like it used to be back in our day. Again, of course, we had standing, we didn't have seats, so capacities could be a lot higher. Hence Charlton Athletic, I think it was 76,000, wasn't it? And that yeah. wasn't for Charlton playing. I think that was watching the hoop. Listen, uh, they used to get
1: terrific gates.
2: Yeah.
1: 50s, 60s and what I you as Charlton. Mm. But, you know, going back to, to about, well, maybe longer, I'm going to say about three months, two months ago, when you run about football, you know, it, the more I look at it now, the more they're trying to eradicate or get rid of the history side of it. Absolutely. Or the Premier League. And mm-hmm. i started to analyze it. Well, not analyze I had a look at that and thinking, watching what they're doing. And you are right. You are right because you, you brought it up first and you're 100% right with all this. But again, what what they do. Be, you know, I'm not really that, that bothered about it because it's not. Even you used to like, like listening to people, you know, give their points of view Yeah. in, in the game. But it's, even that's boring now, isn't it? You know.
2: It's also sterile, isn't it? Because they have to say the right things. If yep. they don't say the right things, they don't get the gig next time. Well, you have you to know, tow the well party line, do. don't write the boat.
1: You know, as well as I do, mm. uh, The put before the media, before they do any any TV work, right? And they, they get told what to say. I told you, yeah. I would do that to, for. Uh, they asked me to be more critical of Sheffield Wednesday, so mm. I'm not
2: yeah that I, I won't you know I won't be told what they, they tell me I've got to do no i mean they they like to control you they like to control people they like to control their staff they can only say certain things I don't like that control I've never been controlled I've been tried to control but I walked away like what you walked away from from football I'd rather do this for nothing than have yeah. a big contract where i've Got to watch what I say and say the right things because that ain't me, that ain't football. Football shouldn't be controlled, football is a passion, and um, long may it continue that people have that passion and say what they see, rather than be suppressed in their opinions and bow down and down and take the knee, because that's what certain people want you to do in the game. Uh, Emmy Martinez is I'm safe. Not gonna, I'm not going to stick up for you, Gabby. What I, what, I, what I will say is this. You put on absolutely
1: some fantastic shows.
2: Well, we do. You, it's our show. You,
1: well, no, you, but you put on also, you put on yeah. different people. You get different. You get really great names on on. on you do great uh, players mm-hmm. uh, Players, other people You know, the great interviews And you and because you're not woke Or I'm not woke you, We don't get the sponsors No, absolutely But eventually, eventually mm-hmm.
2: When all this wokeness has gone They'll be begging They'll be begging, Gabby I guarantee you You see that, I mean, the thing is I, I make podcasts, generally speaking um, oh, Brilliant, Gabby I'm telling you, they are brilliant What you do but, but the players that, that I talk with and, and, you know, a number of them and, and my friends are, you know, heroes of mine that I used to watch when I was a kid and, and are in their late 60s, early 70s and some in their 80s. And what's happened with the advent of the Premier League? these records that have been eroded and, and they don't talk about them on broadcasts. So the names like Terry Curran, like Alan Hudson, like Charlie George, like Rodney Marsh, like Frank Worthington, you don't you don't get talked about so the young kids don't know who you are. So, you know, when we do a podcast, it's like, Well who who's that? Well was an absolute legend. There isn't a player today that's capable of lacing his boots but
1: Unless you're in the unless you're yeah. in the, uh, on the scene, TV and, yeah, in the yeah. public eye, I, I, you're 100% uh, right on that. But uh, when you can do a job, like you like you enjoy you enjoy doing what
2: you do. Oh, I love your it's,
1: always, it's You'll always get a better picture and uh, a better performance when you enjoy something. It's like me being a footballer. Because I want to be a footballer. You know, you try even harder. Absolutely. Um, to be we... successful. And, you know, so you're doing what you do. You're not, you're not doing it because, like you say, they're telling you what to do. You're not doing
2: it for money because, you, you know, you get nothing from it. No, absolutely. I, I just phone up my mates and we have a chat about football. Uh, we've done our latest Hudson's View. Uh, it's called Cars and Cakes. <laughs> and it's an absolute classic because Alan did write up a piece about when he was driving.
0: Get up to sixty percent off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash acast. That's burrow.com slash acast. Burrow.com slash acast.
2: Fantastic writings on his on his um Facebook accounts Alan does. And I phoned him up. I said Al, oh, we've got the written stuff. Let's have a chat about it. So so we did. we have done a 30-minute podcast. And I tell you something, he's absolutely hysterical. And we are going out tonight with Maverick Tales. And it's a tale of when Alan Hudson was in Stoke and a scenario with a car and and I'm I'm in TST listening to him because he's just so funny telling the story. But Emmy Martinez save against Leeds United. The ball that went across to um Luke Ayling and it was a tremendous first time pass to the central striker. Who I looked at it. I'm watching it live. Tom's at the ground. I thought I was going to get the ticket because one of his mates doesn't usually go to the night games, but did go. So I was watching it in my uh, home in Bartley Green. I thought that's it. Two one. Uh, and what a, what a save It was one of those That as soon as the ball went over You're waiting for the net to ripple But Martinez proved What a fabulous World-class goalkeeper he is Brilliant, so, absolutely brilliant
1: You're not kidding He, 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 he probably taken much notice him Since the World Cup And just before then I, I should say With Villa he put some great saves off Yeah. You know the other kid who scored the first goal Against Leeds the other night
2: yeah, really, I'm... Um... Oh, Baylor. No, I'm Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, yeah. I, I had...
1: I waited for uh, Villa to beat Wolves. All my teams are up. In 93rd minute, he goes round the goalkeeper yeah. and misses an open goal. Yeah. And then he goes and scores an absolutely up-dinger against Leeds United.
2: But it was on his left foot and the other one was on his right foot. And he, his right foot really is only for standing on
1: professional football I hear that all the I time know, it's we incredible
2: it. I find it absolutely amazing I wanted to I wanted to be able to kick with both feet me. yeah absolutely I mean I'm sure after that Wolves game when he was crying he wished that he'd done extra training and could kick with both feet because he would have uh, won the game for Aston Villa But you're right I mean what a strike He's coming off the right And that's it With players that are Just so one-sided I mean they, they do, It does make me laugh and they say Messi Is one-footed Yeah but Messi's different What a left foot that is He still can play With his right foot guys But that left foot Is a wand um, By the way
1: He can play with his right foot well, Of course
2: he it, can it, You know It's just That left foot Is that good Yeah you know, it's unreal. And this is the thing. When your left foot is a wand, why would you use your right foot? Because there's nothing that he can't do. As um, as Kenny Burns used to say about Liam Brady, he could open a tin of peas with that left foot. And uh, Lionel Messi certainly is in that category. uh, So, Barley Mumba, didn't know much about the kid. What a player he looks. Martinelli's back control and Emi Martinez's save is my trilogy from the Magic Moments. The trilogy in book corner in association with My Football Books uh, TC. One that Andy from My Football Books always gives us one. We're going to have that in third place this week. There is a, a reason for that. But firstly, I'd like to talk about the book that I've put in here. A smiling young boy. I would say probably 1971, maybe 72, this picture was taken. Uh, Charlie George, My Story uh, with Alex Montgomery. Uh, Charlie George, what a player. Um, what, one, one of the greats, wasn't he, Charlie? Yeah, you played with at it, um, at
1: listen, near mine on a football field, and he was brilliant on a football field, yeah. But in, you know, in training, yeah, when when you just not messing around, but when you, you can train things in training, mm. I mean, they came off in, in games, but you know, in, in training, you just watching me you think,
2: What a talent this kid's got! Mm. What a talent! I mean, how good was Charlie for yeah. you know, for, for people, the best, I've me... ever, the best i played with.
1: He's the best English centre-forward I've seen. And you, know, he, before, you know, Jimmy Gere, I would say, were the best. But yeah. after that, Charlie was the best I've seen.
2: But Charlie was not just a, a goal scorer as a conventional striker like, you know, in modern days, Harry Kane, he scores all these yeah. goals. Charlie wasn't absolutely prolific, but he was just an absolutely prolific football player Charlie's as gone. well, wasn't he, Charlie? Uh,
1: Harry, Harry Kane scores goals.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Right? Charlie George scored goals. Yep. Med goals. Got pace. Got strength. Yep. Brilliant in the air. Yep. Timing was fantastic. Mm. Touch. Absolutely sublime. Second to none. You know. And and that's what I And won trophies. You know what? Harry Kane. Tottenham. He keeps being their leading goal scorer. But what has Tottenham won? And I don't mean to be critical of him.
2: You
1: know. uh, He hasn't got terrific pace, has he?
2: But no, has, not not,
1: blistering. Yeah, not Unbelievable. Blistering. Yeah. Yeah,
2: phenomenal. Now, do, you,
1: do you want to play with your team what scores in 20, 30, 20, 25 goals, 30 goals a season and don't win nothing? Or do you want somebody in a team what can get 25 goals and win trophies? But you you know, if I something mean. not right somewhere when, when you look at that, you know.
2: Well, Cluffy, Cluffy now, didn't he, in the, uh, in the late 50s when he was talking about his. Um, teammates at both Sunderland and, and Middlesbrough. I can't defend, he said. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'll score less goals, you keep less out, and we might just win something. And and he's absolutely right. There's there's not much point in keep scoring goals and being leading goal scorer if you, you're winning nothing, because your team around you just fundamentally isn't good enough, but Charlie, whatever team he played for, he had great players around him, but again, I go back to, those were the golden age, that was the golden age of football, all football teams had so many great players, there were so many great teams, that could win the league in the 70s, absolutely, you know, so Charlie, when, you know, for instance, well, we'll go into Charlie a little bit later, because he's in our legends lounge, but everything that you want to know about Charlie George, from Charlie's uh, career coming through as a kid at Islington, um, Alan played against him when uh, when they were both fifteen, and and you know through to his career that sadly only amassed one England cap, which is absolutely unbelievable. They brought him
1: off. They played him on left wing. It's incredible!
2: It's incredible! Right.
1: And, uh, they played him on left wing. Yeah. And they brought him off after sixty-eight minutes. Yeah. Never ever played again.
2: It's, but, but Alan always, it's a bugbear of Alan's that when you look at Charlie got one England cap and he didn't play the full 90 minutes and then you get other players that couldn't lace Charlie's boots that have got 50 or 60 caps and I people know. look at players like that and overlook Charlie and say, oh, he was a one-cap wonder. And I realize, I realise, I realise, I realise what,
1: they don't want people like
2: Charlie Jones. No, they don't.
1: What, what's going to What's going to question mm. their authority when when they're not winning things? Yeah, and you it's know, what? for what Don Revy won at Leeds, he was very poor at um,
2: England. I think he's one of the worst England managers of my my time. Now, when I say that, it's because Leeds United were no, not one of the worst, the most disappointing. I think yeah. I should rephrase it and say that. Well, you, you can say you can say both of them really because they, they were poor, weren't they? Yeah, we were. Right? We we actually but were poor. You, we
1: wouldn't expect him to fail. No. For the team and the and how that team played at Leeds, at Leeds United.
2: Absolutely, but he, he. And he
1: got all the best players to pick did. from in the country. I know, but so you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But in in argumentative terms with, with people, they will turn around and say. They will turn around, some people will turn around and say, you know, um, how can you say that? But you, you're you not wrong on that, Gabby. You are not wrong on it. If I and were... he's not
2: been critical to him because no. as a club manager, <clears throat> we both agree. Oh, 100%. He's second to none. Brilliant. Phenomenal. In my
1: club, he's second to none.
2: Yeah, phenomenal. What Don Reeve done at Leeds United was phenomenal. But what he'd done at England was an absolute disgrace. And if I was the chairman of the FA... I would have sacked Don Reavy. No, when,
1: I would have sacked Don Reavy. What I would have sacked, I'd have sacked all FA first and
2: foremost. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But when he had that, that session and he told Charlie, he told Alan, he told Frank. Rodney, he told Frank, Frank, Tony Curry. Tony Curry. <laughs> you know, and he, he's told Frank of I don't want you. I don't he, want you. what
1: Unbelievable! How How do you feel as a player?
2: I don't, I don't know. How do,
1: how, I never had that me with managers. They didn't want no. me.
2: But where are you go as I a nation?
1: Someone, I would argue with someone with um, yeah. the the philosophy they played. What did you just say there? Because I was talking.
2: How how do you go as a nation when you actually, you know, the idea of 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 English football is getting English football players that can play on the world stage that are world-class. And then you have a, a get-together, a training session, an England selection, you know. I'm not sure if that was just a get-together or it, it was, you know, preparing for one of the uh, the international games that they had. But, I mean, that's completely irrelevant. But you get in all these players and you tell your most creative, talented players that have come through for generations... That they're not wanted. You think, well, what's the point in playing football? I, I just don't understand it. It's incredible. No wonder it's, we won nothing.
1: You know it stinks. It does
2: don't it? Yeah. And then people, you see, idiots say, well, in the seventies, England couldn't have been no good because we didn't even qualify for World Cups. No, because we didn't play our best players. For God's sake, are you all
1: stupid? By the way, by the way, we didn't, They didn't have easy games like they have. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: Absolutely, we had some so difficult so games.
1: So they played tougher games. Yeah, we did. And yeah. managers are play, still playing bad. A lot of bad play, average players, not bad players, average players.
2: Yeah, but I mean that game in Italy where what was it, nineteen seventy <clears throat> six, seventy seven, maybe when we needed to to win um, in in Italy, and Don Revie took a team. He brought Stan Bowles back, but his midfield consisted. I think it was. Trevor Brookin, Trevor Cherry and Brian Greenoff. You know, you're thinking, what the hell's going on? Alan Hudson and Tony Curry are staying at home watching that game. And you just think it just beggars belief how, naive, you're stupid and um, it's just utterly what ridiculous. Alan, what did Alan
1: Hudson think of Trevor
2: Brookin? Never really asked him about Trevor Brookin. I think Trevor wasn't. You know, wasn't a bad player. He was I a... thought
1: he was a good, a yeah. decent player. I thought he was a good yeah. player. Cluffy,
2: I mean, Cluffy used to
1: say, look, it floats like a b- butterfly and stings like a... what is it? It
2: stings like a bee. Yeah, no, what is it? Well, Miami certainly done that.
1: No, but no, uh, that's what Cluffy said about him. It floats like a b- butterfly, and something it, it was. Right. And I, I used to think he's a bit harsh, but
2: Cluffy never really fancied him, Trevor Brooking. I always thought that Trevor Brookin was a really steady eddy kind of decent, real good footballer. But England International, when you're looking at Curry and Hudson, for I me, think, couldn't lace their boots. But again, yeah, I think, all I I think that
1: one is, it floated like a butterfly. Yeah. Stings like one. That's what he suffering. Yeah, That's what it was. Probably. With, with That's what Brian. it was. Like, you know, just, you know, but uh, no, but, you know, when Trevor Cherry was a. A good player. But good left-back, but oh, not a midfield player. Listen, for him to get more caps than than Udi yeah. and uh, Stan Bowles and them. Mm. Unbelievable, isn't it?
2: But again, I think more caps in midfield. I'm on a, but all right, it's a kind centre-half. Yeah, yeah. All, no. all football is about opinions. And it is fact that we didn't qualify for World Cups. And it is... My opinion that we didn't qualify because we didn't play our best players. And Charlie George, unbelievably, um, was overlooked and was one of those great players. Denied promotion by Tree TC. The Book of Amazing Football Facts by Les Scott is the second book that I've got in our Book Corner trilogy. It's a book that we will be looking at. Facts and, um, you know, strange but true. I've got the reason why a team was denied by a tree. So, I, I have bought this book and I'm going to be looking through it. And what I love about books like this is you can read them from the back page to the front rather than the front to the back, and you can dip in and you can find fantastic facts. Because last week on the podcast, I did give out a fantastic fact from a book that I'd read. Colchester United were the first winners of the Watney Cup, and that was the first uh, sponsored uh, competition uh, in English football. It was the first sponsored competition in English football, but Derby County did win it in 1970. So, although I got this fact from a book, the book was incorrect, and Bristol Rovers and Stoke City were the other winners of the Watney Cup. And in... uh, David Tossell's wonderful book, All Crazy Now, English Football and Footballers in the 70s. Fantastic read. And David, in one of his chapters, does talk about the Watney Cup and the Texaco Cup. And I have done a podcast with David about this wonderful book. And I do just want to mention, Get It On, How the 70s Rocked Football by John Sperling as well. So there are two additional books in Book Corner. And the book... The I listened t- listen to... Um, yeah. Uh, Thank <sniffs> you.